Hello, everybody, and welcome into the Couch GM's podcast. I'm your host, George Kurth, along with the two other little pigs. We got Tyler Snyder. What's up? And Cody Roadcap. How's it going, everybody? The pig from the brick house is here. Uh, if this is your first time listening to the Couch GM's, welcome. A little background about us. We're three best friends who met in college. We love talking football. We were talking all day on Thanksgiving. We're going to talk all day on Sunday. Uh, we just wanted to make some entertainment and insight for you guys for your fantasy lineups and hope you enjoy. If you're wondering what you can expect from this podcast, well, I'm going to tell you. We're going to get some weekly breakdowns and predictions, some fantasy advice. Feel free to reach out to us at any time to uh, get some advice answered, some bold predictions that we will most likely get wrong, and we're just going to have some fun talking football. And we want you all to get involved with us on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at the Couch GMs. So I'll quick take a look back at Thursday where we went one and one, and unfortunately the night game did get postponed. Well, maybe fortunately postponed. So Ravens and Steelers did move now to Tuesday. Uh, do you guys think that's going to have a positive effect on the game, or what do you think is going to happen with that? Well, I guess it has to be positive because the Ravens will get some players back. But I think when you look at players like Lamar Jackson, who did test positive, he won't be back on the field. The Steelers have a very good matchup. Unfortunately, the Steelers have continued to seem to be on the wrong end of the stick when it comes to all these rescheduling and postponements. So feel bad for that team as a whole. Um, I think it was smart for the NFL to move it. There was just too many positive cases happening. Uh, but for a football standpoint, I don't think the Ravens really have a chance with everything going on. I don't want to say that this change is going to be positive because, well, mainly just because I'm pretty sure the last word that the Ravens want to hear after this week is the word positive. Um, but going forward, I mean, we saw with the Titans outbreak earlier in the season that we expected Titans to be utter garbage because of the fact they were missing half their team. They weren't able to practice all week. Well, now the Ravens are in the same situation. They might come out and surprise just as much as the Titans did earlier. And really, they need to. This is a must-win game for the Ravens. If they lose, they might not only be out in the division, they might be out in the wild card. They're going to have a tough road back in. It's going to be very difficult. But really, this throws a wrinkle into the whole NFL schedule with the Thursday game for next week being pushed back now. Um, so it's going to be interesting how it all plays out. I'm just hoping that the game does, you know, it, it does happen. I think it does have I think it will happen on Tuesday as long as there's not another major day of positive tests. But I don't know about the Ravens coming out and surprising because I know on top of who we already talked about being positive on Thursday, we got Lamar Jackson added on to it. But we can come back to that when we talk about that game later in the show. So the other big headline for the week is something we've been crying for on the show for weeks. Mitch Trubisky is back. Yeah, he's back, but you know it's not because he was given the starting job. It's because Nick Foles is still dealing with that hip injury. So it's yet to be seen if he'll keep the starting job. And let's not forget that Trubisky is still in the same boat of recovering from injury, and he's come back from a shoulder injury. Tough matchup this weekend. Uh, so I'm not sure the Bears get much better, but like you said, we have been asking for it. Yeah, I agree. This is a tough matchup for him to come back. I mean, if he was coming back just about – against anybody else, I would say that they have a chance to come out and surprise. Mitch Trubisky's going to be playing angry, but against the Packers, it's going to be tough. Hey, I hope you're right uh, as the resident Packers fan. Anytime Packers play the Bears, it's a big week, and any advantage they can get, I'll take it. 
but we did have one fan question come in uh, after the Thursday show recording. So I'll get your guys' take. Uh, Brian Hill with the news of Todd Gurley being out or Damian Harris after a couple weeks of being uh, a pretty suitable RB2. Uh, what are your guys' thoughts on who you would pick for this one? Super tough here because I'm normally the person that tries to stay away from those crowded backfields like the 49ers and the Patriots. But Damian Harris, like you said, has been pretty reliable the last few weeks. And Brian Hill's somewhat of an unknown, but his role should be pretty good because Todd Gurley was ruled out. So I think because guaranteed carries, I'm going to lean Brian Hill, but I don't love that pick. Yeah, I got to agree with you. It is a tough choice, um, but I'm actually going to disagree with you on who you chose. And I like Damian Harris. I understand it is a crowded backfield, and I know that Brian Hill is going to get guaranteed carries. But I think that the Raiders are a sneaky team to actually go up quickly on Atlanta, especially with Atlanta's defense being so bad. And with that being said, I think they might try to abandon the run and you know go more pass heavy. Damian Harris every week is getting involved, even when, you know, other guys are getting carries. We had Rex Burkhead stealing carries, James White, Sony Michelle is uh, back. We might see some more of him, but Damian Harris is still getting plenty involved. I think he's getting enough carries to be valuable. I would actually start Damian Harris this week. I'm on the Damian Harris train as well. I would start him over Brian Hill. Uh, Anytime a new running back comes in, it always scares me like Brian Hill. We could see Ido Smith get an odd number of carries, too. That would take away his value. And we did see Rex Burkhead get lost to season injury last week. Sonny Michelle hasn't looked very well off of IR. So that backfield might not actually be as crowded as it was, say, the start of the season. So I'm going to go with Damian Harris. The only issue with him is that Cam Newton sometimes steals his goal line touchdowns. Well, let me ask you guys this. Um you know, you guys are split on who to take over uh, out of that choice there. Would you take Wayne Gallman over either of them, or would you stick with your pick? I would go with Wayne Gallman over the two. He's been a pretty good back, and the matchup this week is actually very good. Yeah, if, it, if we're adding Wayne Gallman into the mix, he would be this guy for me just because he is the starting running back there with little to no competition, and the matchup is so great. All right, well, thank you for that fan question. Guys, if you are listening and you have any questions for your fantasy lineup, feel free to reach out to us. We'd love to answer it on the podcast. Or if it's even right before game time, we will message you back right away and answer your questions. So don't be afraid to reach out to us. But guys, let's go ahead and get into our Week 12 predictions. Uh, We're already two games short with the Thanksgiving games playing. So let's go ahead and start it off with our Sunday 1 o'clock games. We have the Las Vegas Raiders at the Atlanta Falcons. And we are already split on a matchup. So, Cody, who do you have in this matchup? For me, I got the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, I know they're coming off the heartbreaking loss against the Chiefs on Sunday night last week. But I think we've seen a step forward from Derek Carr. And I just don't really like what I'm seeing from Atlanta, either from the defensive side and their offensive line. I mean, Matt Ryan was sacked eight times against the Saints last week, and with Julio still up in the air, I believe he's a game-time decision uh, for his injury, and I've talked about it earlier this season, Matt Ryan's stats without Julio are not very good, and I think he'll be a tough play to play this week, so give me 
the Las Vegas Raiders in this one. Cody, I agree with you there. I am also going the Raiders, which is somewhat surprising since I've been on the Atlanta bandwagon a lot longer this season than I really should have. But I think it's time to finally move on from them, at least this week. I don't love the Raiders. I think they're a little bit of a pretender. But at the same time, they are on the bubble for the playoffs. They're in that wild card spot. So I think that they're going to play real hard. I think they're going to come out firing. I think Atlanta, you know, they're a beatable team. So the Raiders are going to come out firing, trying to get that last wild card spot. Uh, I got to go with the Raiders in this one. You know, I thought when I picked Atlanta here, I wasn't going to be the only one because of Tyler being on that Falcons bandwagon. But here I am. So I do admit if Julio does not play, that does hurt a little bit. But they still have Calvin Ridley back. All of me, Zaccheus. And I mean, they're missing Todd Gurley. Fine. But I mean, as much as we've been hyping up Todd Gurley, his numbers per carry have not exactly actually been fantastic, which is why a lot of people wanted to sell him at the fantasy trade deadline. That and the risk of the injury, which voila, here we are. But I don't know. Vegas is not a great team either. Like I'm as much as the Falcons are beatable, the Raiders are as well. They're up and down. They'll beat some teams you don't expect them to and the loose teams you don't expect them to lose to. And I think they could lose to this team. I will say I will throw it out there. George, I do like your pick from the sense that we do have a kind of West Coast team pretty far west coming east for one o'clock. And, you know, speaking of West Coast team coming east, thing I like to talk about most, our next matchups features the same thing when the Los Angeles Chargers heads to the Buffalo Bills. The Bills are four and a half point favorites and no surprise, I think, here, but we're all going to go Buffalo. Uh, But George, how about you tell us why you're going to pick Buffalo? Well, because of the West Coast team coming east, duh. No. Um, I actually thought about, is there a way the Chargers can win this game? Which is funny because last week we just talked about, is there a way the Chargers can lose this game to the Jets? But um, I think it's Buffalo is still a Super Bowl contender. I have Buffalo as my Dark Horse Super Bowl pick. We know this. And as much as the Chargers have been impressing me and I've wanted to jump on their bandwagon a lot, you know, last week I jumped off and I cannot pick them against a team as good as Buffalo. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I guess that's where I'm going here. I agree with you, George. I'm also going Buffalo in this matchup. I I, I really like them a lot. The Chargers keep finding ways to lose. Um, They didn't last week, but they're always finding ways to lose. I think Buffalo is a strong team. I think they're well-rounded. I think they have enough backs. They have good receivers. Josh Allen is finally playing the way that he did earlier in the season uh, when he was looking like a possible MVP candidate. And the defense is really underrated. I think they can shut down pretty much any team when they need to in those key situations. So I'm going to have to go Buffalo in this matchup. I agree, guys. But what about the news of Austin Eckler? being questionable for this matchup it's been a while since we've seen him play uh you know justin herbert is more of a down the field thrower so his value could drop just from that stat standpoint but if he does go are you guys rushing to get him back in your lineups are you going to wait a week what are your thoughts on austin eckler i personally would not rush to put him back in my lineup if you can I understand it's difficult because there's not a lot of good running backs to play right now. But if you can, I would try to keep him on your bench for a week to see what the Chargers do because we've talked about it all season. We don't know what the Chargers are doing. Lineup-wise, who they're using, it's strange, especially at the running back position. So as much as I would love to believe that 
Eckler being back, they would put him right back in that starting role, give him all the carries, and he would get all the fantasy points. You really just don't know right now. So I would try to play it cautiously and shy away from him, at least for the first week. Well, I mean, the thing is, they've actually been fairly predictable at running back the last few weeks. It's been Kalen Balaj and everyone kind of in the distant past behind him. So I think if Balaj, who as questionable, does play, you do keep Eckler on the bench and see what happens. But if, if Balaj is out, they've already shown they don't want to play Josh Kelly. Tremaine Pope is not anything fantastic. I think Eckler could get a good showing. But if there's someone that they've shown that they've trusted out there like Balaj, I think you might want to pump the brakes on Eckler for a week. I agree. You know, talking about star running backs potentially not playing, we have the Cincinnati Bengals and the New York Giants as our next matchup. And guys, we just can't seem to get Joe Mixon back. He's back on the IR. Uh, do you trust Gio Bernard as the full-time starter in fantasy? I did until Joe Burrow got hurt and he ended up with a concussion. Um, I'm not sure what to take with uh, Brandon Allen getting ready to start. Uh, still new to the NFL. I do think they'll try to rely on the run game, and I don't really like Samaj P. Ron. And you did mention in our last topic how it's very hard to find starting running back. So I think Geo is, you know, a low RB two option if he is healthy. Uh, but that's the question: Is he going to be healthy? And we still don't know for this week. It's trending in the right direction, but there's still a chance he won't be out there. Cody, you mentioned Joe Burrow. Man, that that has to be one of the most devastating injuries of the season. It's it's really going to be tough for Cincinnati to bounce back from that injury. Uh, do you give them any chance in this matchup with Ryan Finley starting, or do you think it's going to be all Giants? Well, I think I think it'll be all Giants, um, especially with the lack of quarterback experience and. I do think they announced Brandon Allen. They're even skipping Ryan Finley this week as the starter. But the Giants are actually playing pretty well. It's hard to believe coming out of that NFC East division. Um, but the Cincinnati Bengals, you're right. You know, they saw their star, rising star quarterback, have a devastating injury. They don't really have much left to play for. I think the Giants win this one pretty easily. I agree with you, Cody. I'm also going to go with the Giants in this matchup. I really like what I'm seeing out of the Giants lately. I mean, honestly, their offense isn't that scary, but their defense really is. Their defense has really taken a step forward in recent weeks. Um, they've been a good fantasy defense asset in the last few weeks as well. And I really think that the Giants have a really strong chance to win this division, make the playoffs, especially being in that bad of a division. It's unbelievable to say but I think the Giants in my opinion are the favorites to win this division now I agree I think the Giants have taken an edge and Washington would be their biggest competitor after seeing them take care of the Cowboys on Thanksgiving but no I don't give the Bengals a shot because of having Brandon Allen at starting quarterback I mean I think this could have been a very good matchup if you still had Joe Burrow. It's just unfortunate what happened, and it's unfortunate for the Bengals that I heard he might miss some time into next season too. So if Joe Burrow was still healthy and starting this game, do we all take Cincinnati or are you sticking with the Giants? Just out of curiosity. I'd probably flip to Cincinnati if Joe Burrow was playing. Yeah, I would probably flip to Cincinnati as well. Yeah, because I think anytime you, you bet on the Giants, which we're not betting, we're just picking in this case, but 
there's always the potential for Daniel Jones to throw a couple interceptions. He does have that seem to be in his system where every once in a while he just has a three interception game or he has an interception and two fumbles. Uh, we've seen him play really well at times this year and we've seen him have those up and down moments. So if Joe Burrow was back there, I would lean Cincinnati, but without him, I don't think they really have a chance. And Cincinnati may be lucky if they win one more game this year, but that will even be tough. Well, there you have it guys. Uh, New York giants might be the team to watch for this division. It, they could start making a strong push in that division. And, you know, speaking of, you know, divisional fights, we have a divisional matchup for our next one, the Tennessee Titans at the Indianapolis Colts. And guys, this game could decide the division. It could come down to this game right here to who wins the, this division and who's fighting for a wild card. So, George, who do you have in this matchup? We saw Indy win the last matchup. And we know, like I said, if Indy, like I was saying for the, if this could, uh, this could decide the division, uh, if Indy wins two and they have that tiebreaker, I don't know if Tennessee can go for the division. They have to might set their sight, set their sights on that wild card. So I think Tennessee is going to come out of this game with a little extra flair and they're going to win it, um, in a dome. So the weather doesn't really matter. Um, but Derrick Henry is going to keep wearing down on people. We're starting to get into Derrick Henry's season even though he's had a better start to this season than he has almost every other one in his career. And while I don't love the matchup for the Titans offense, I think they're going to need their defense to step up a little bit. And I think they could rise to the occasion playing with that little extra fire, knowing that this is basically a playoff game. George, I love to hear you pick Titans. Of course, as the resident Titans fan, I got burned last week picking against them. I picked the Ravens because I don't know what the Titans are doing. And honestly, for the first three quarters of last week's game, I still didn't know what they were doing. It was frustrating. But then the fourth quarter hit and they played out of their minds. The Ravens looked lost. They didn't know how to stop them. And I'm hoping they carry that momentum forward to this week's matchup. You know, it's tough picking the Titans, even as a Titans fan. I do believe they are the better team, but there's something about the Colts that the Titans can just never seem to win against them. They are our kryptonite. So hopefully we can get past that, make Phillip Rivers look like, I don't know, Phillip Rivers, and actually beat him for a change. Um, I'm really hoping for a Tennessee victory, and I'm going to pick Tennessee in this matchup. Make Phillip Rivers look like Phillip Rivers? What a concept. Hey, Green Bay couldn't do that last week, so I'm going to differ from you guys on this one. One of the few games we differ on, and I know it's funny because I was the guy on Tennessee last week when you two were different, but I will stick with Indianapolis on this one. I know Phillip Rivers is dealing with a little bit of a ankle foot injury, uh, but he should be good to go. It's always tough to pick a team to you know have a season sweep, which the Colts will do by winning this game. But I do think the home field advantage with just even a little bit of fans in the stands will be enough uh, to help a close victory out. Hey, maybe it comes down to goggles hitting a game winner. And if it comes down to Goskowski, I don't think I can trust it. So give me the Colts. Well, Cody, I hope you're wrong. I'm hoping for a Titans victory in this one. You know, I love what I've seen out of the Titans in the fourth quarter. I don't love what I've seen out of them. Anytime before that, I really think that the guy to watch in this matchup is A.J. Brown. In his last three weeks, he has been plagued with drops. He looked mentally just not there. But then at the end of that Ravens game, he caught a pass in a must-have situation. It was fourth quarter. 
third down, needed a touchdown, and he got hit immediately, broke the tackle, got hit by three more guys and pushed them all into the end zone, went full beast mode, and I'm hoping that that momentum carries over into this week. I think A.J. Brown is going to have a huge week. Um, so if you have him on your team, start him with confidence, not that you were benching him to begin with, but I think he's going to have a massive week. Um, but who's not going to have a massive week is anybody on the Jaguars. The Jaguars look bad. Uh, Luton's out. Uh, Minshew's out. We got Mike Glennon starting now. DJ Chark is out as well, so the top weapon is not even there. Um, so Cleveland at Jaguars, we're all taking Cleveland. Do you guys give the Jaguars any chance in this matchup? Mike Glennon signed with the team after he got cut by Tampa Bay. Did you guys know this? I had no idea. Of, no. of course, George. We are experts here. What are you talking about? Of course we knew. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's, yeah that's, that's absolutely. It, yeah. Uh, but you make a great point. The guy, I didn't even know he was still on a team until a couple weeks ago, and they're like, Mike Lutton might start. I was like, oh, he still plays. Uh, but to your question, Tyler, do the Jags have a chance? A very slim one, you know, like 0.001% chance, I, w- I would say. Jacksonville is hurting right now. They should probably just throw it in and hope for a really good draft pick. Cleveland is a playoff team fighting for a wild card spot in a very winnable game against the third string 72 year old quarterback. So, yeah, Cleveland. Well, George, with that being said, I'm just going to go ahead and throw my bold prediction onto this matchup. It doesn't sound all that bold, but it still is. I'm going with Cleveland to beat the Jaguars by by more than 20. They're going to win by more than 20 points. Um I just don't see Jags having any kind of a fight in this matchup. I think the only person on the Jags offense worth noting is James Robinson, but Cleveland has a good run defense and we've seen it before when a team is one dimensional, all they have is one good player defenses. Just take that one player out and then the offense is left stranded. They have nothing. So I think James Robinson is going to have tough sledding this week. I think Cleveland is going to sell out to stop the run force Mike Glennon to throw the ball. And if Mike Lennon is throwing the ball, start Cleveland's defense this week in fantasy. Can't say it much better myself. Uh, but let's so let's move on to hopefully a better matchup. Uh, some people might not think it'll be much better, but the Carolina Panthers are at the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, the Vikings are three and a half point favorites, which is a little bit surprising to me. I was a little bit shocked to see that line. But Teddy Bridgewater is back. CMC is questionable, but the team is pessimistic. Pessimistic wasn't too bad and then Adam Thielen is out because of COVID so a lot of players missing a lot of shuffling pieces uh, even though I was surprised that the Vikings were the favorites I am going to pick the Vikings in this matchup and hopefully it's not too much Justin Jefferson because he was a huge draft crush and I hate that he's on the Vikings but he is so good and I think Dalvin Cook against this terrible Panthers run defense goes back to being the Dalvin Cook that scores like 40 fantasy points a week so give me the Vikings on this one Oh, wait, Cody, uh, Dalvin Cook is still on the Vikings? What? It was a real simple yes or no question. Is, is Dalvin Cook still on the Vikings? Oh, you, you threw me off. I thought I missed like some breaking news, <laughs> like Herschel Walker trade. I was like, I thought the trade deadline passed. Uh, but yes, Dalvin Cook is 100% still on the Vikings. All right, cool. Then I'm taking the Vikings in this matchup. I think Dalvin Cook can win the game single-handedly. Uh, unlike the last matchup, even if you try to 
take him out of the game, A, it won't work. He'll beat you. And B, they still have Justin Jefferson over the top. Uh, give me the Vikings. I like Carolina this year. I, they've shown flashes, but I don't think they're quite all there yet. I'm going the Vikings. Um, I'm going to go ahead and take Carolina, uh, even without CMC, because we've seen them still perform well with Mike Davis. I like that Teddy Bridgewater is back, and I do not like for the Vikings defense that Adam Thielen is out. I know they still have Justin Jefferson, but we've never seen Justin Jefferson try to play in that wide receiver one role yet. There's always been Thielen there to take some of the pressure off. So I'm thinking extra man in the box, two men on Jefferson. Do we know if Kirk Cousins can make enough happen? I mean, when you hear the name Kirk Cousins, it makes it sound a lot less lovely than just saying Dalvin Cook. So that tells me that Carolina has a chance, and I'm going to roll with it and say they're going to get it. You know, last year when the Vikings had some receiver issues, B.C. Johnson actually stepped in and looked really good. I think with Adam Thielen out, he might finally get a chance to play again. And, you know, if he plays like he did last year, I think he might be a, I wouldn't say sneaky fantasy play, but uh, he might be able to take the pressure off Justin Jefferson, or he might honestly get most of the targets. Yeah, I was going to mention the same thing. You know, if you're in a really deep league, he probably is like a smart fantasy option. If you're really struggling at wide receiver, even someone to consider in daily fantasy, so you can uh, save some budget for some higher priced players. But that's enough for that game. We can move on to another matchup. The Arizona Cardinals at the New England Patriots. You know, the Patriots have been so up and down this season. I want to get on their bandwagon and then they like lose to the Texans because they like run the ball on third and nine late in the fourth quarter. It's like, what are you what are you doing? Are you giving up? They're so hard to judge this year. I know Arizona, some people, you can say the same thing. You know, they lost the Lions early in the season. Their offense has been up and down. But they did get good news that Kyler Murray won't miss any time. And if Kyler Murray's back there, I'm going to take Arizona. Uh, hey, Cody. Is uh, is Kyler Murray still in the Cardinals? Uh, yes, yes, he oh, is. Okay. I'm going to take Arizona in this matchup. <laughs> See, we did better that time. That was good. <laughs> we'll no, get this down eventually. This is a live show. Like, you know, we post it, but we record this live, so we don't always get to talk about these jokes and punchlines. So that's why I was so caught off guard the last time. But <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. If Kyler Murray's out there, you're you're playing air you're taking Arizona. The Patriots, you just can't pick you know, they got Bill Belichick. But outside of that, it's like, man, what is this team doing? And you know, I like to try to focus on some fantasy here to help out our listeners. I think it's time to start Kenyon Drake again. I can't believe I'm saying that after earlier in the season. He was my guy that I was borderline droppable. He was the most frustrating fantasy running back. But since he's come back from his injury, he's looked really good. And it looks like, you know, Chase Edmonds had his chance to shine while Kenyon Drake was out. And he didn't really live up to expectations. So he hasn't really lost any carries to Chase Edmonds since he came back. And... Like I said, he's doing well with the carries that he's getting. I like Kenyon Drake in fantasy this week. Oh, definitely. I think it's definitely time to start Kenyon Drake again. If you look at the snap counts have actually been closer than you think they would if you but you just look at the stats. But the line has been a lot more clear now that he's come back from injury and started performing than it was earlier in the season. Like you can definitely tell it's Chase Edmonds in the um the passing down situations and the two minute drill and is Kenyon Drake in every other situation unless he needs a breather. So it's really nice to see that. I'm with you. I'm on the Kenyon Drake train again. You know, I'm going to agree with the Kenyon Drake chain 
Kenyon Drake train and so much that I believe in him this week that I'll actually make my bold prediction um, that Cam Newton will actually outrush Kyler Murray. Now you might be sitting there going, is that really a bold prediction? They're both running quarterbacks. But the last couple of weeks, Kyler Murray has been on a tear when it comes to rushing the ball. Up until week 11, his rushing stats were actually better than Lamar Jackson's through the first 11 weeks last year when he had that incredible season. Uh, but I think they rely on Kenyon Drake this week. I don't think Kyler Murray needs to be a super playmaker, and I think Cam Newton does for them to have any chance, and that's why Cam Newton will have more rushing yards than Kyler Murray. I like it. That That's a good one. It's something that you really wouldn't think of, but I think sometimes you forget Cam's that really super rushing quarterback because he went up there into a traditionally quick pass system and he isn't really in the spotlight anymore. Yeah, but he has looked good the last couple of weeks, uh, but I don't think it'll be good enough for this matchup. But let's stay in the N- NFC. What am I kidding? The AFC East. Uh, with the Miami Dolphins at the New York Jets. Now, I know we don't like to talk about the Jets very often because they're not very good. So I'll just say, I got Miami. What about you guys? The Jets suck, but Sam Darnold is back. But the beard is back too. So give me the beard and Miami. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting with Tua out. Um it's magic gets his time to shine again. I think he might play angry after getting benched earlier. Um, we might see a big day from Fitz, uh, but that's way too much time to focus on a matchup that includes the Jets. So, yeah, give me Miami next game. All right, let's move to the four o'clock games then. And we've got the New Orleans Saints traveling to the Denver Broncos. Um, still should have some Taysom Hill this week, uh, but who are you guys picking? You still sticking with New Orleans with that? Yeah, I'm going to take New Orleans in this matchup. Uh, Taysom Hill, you know, he didn't look great throwing the ball last week, but he did look pretty good running the ball, and that's a new new way that the Saints offense can can work. The Denver Broncos have been soaping down. They were devastated with injuries at the start of the season. Drew Locke still isn't 100%. So I think Taysom Hill gets it done for another week, and the New Orleans Saints stay on top of the NFC. Yeah, anybody that listens to every episode of ours, which I know all of you do, um, I know you guys are all avid listeners and do not miss an episode, but anybody that listens to us knows that we're not big fans of Taysom Hill, uh, especially last week we said that we don't trust the Saints with Taysom Hill starting, and I still don't trust Taysom, but I think that the New Orleans Saints have found a way to kind of model Taysom Hill's play after a poor man's Lamar Jackson. He's not as good, but... You know, he's a mobile quarterback that can't throw too well. So as long as the Saints can stay ahead in the matchup, I think they're going to find ways to use Taysom in new and interesting ways that will keep them ahead. Um, If they fall behind and need to rely on him to come back and win, I don't think they're going to do so. But against the Broncos, who have looked so bad lately and have been decimated with injuries this year, I feel bad for him. I just don't see the Saints falling behind early or maybe even at all. So I got to stick with the Saints in this one. I agree as well. Going with the Saints, I don't know if the Taysom Hill wasn't very good is really accurate. Like, they didn't ask him to do a lot. Sure. I mean, he ran the ball, which you would expect. And throwing the ball, 
he still completed almost 80% of his passes. Sure, it might not have looked pretty, but you're asking a guy who hasn't really thrown the ball in, I don't know, how long has it been seen in college? Seven years, maybe? Uh, to go out there and play quarterback, you're going to see some growing pains. And considering that, it could have been a hell of a lot worse. So, yeah, I agree. If they're up in this game, which I don't think they're going to have any problem being up, they're not going to have any problem holding that lead. So definitely New Orleans. Alrighty, Well, that's enough for that matchup. Uh, so let's move on to another divisional matchup that at the beginning of the season seemed like a, you know, a matchup everyone circled on the calendar, and that's the San Francisco 49ers at the Los Angeles Rams. You know, the Rams are starting to get, or not the Rams, I'm sorry, the 49ers are starting to get a little healthy. Mostart might be back. Debo should be back. Richard Sherman could be back. With all that said, though, I think the Rams are playing really well right now, and I'm going to take the Rams. I think even with the possible of Sherman coming back, Woods and Cup are going to keep balling out. You never know with that Rams backfield who's going to be the guy to play, but I think the Rams get get a close victory. Maybe not the full six and a half points, but it'll be a close victory. I would consider Mostert almost the same as we talked about uh, Eckler earlier on. I think it's another one of those situations where if he is back, try to keep him on your bench if you can see how that backfield shakes out because there are so many mouths to feed back there. They could very well just make Mostert the lead back like they did earlier in the season, and he could eat and have a huge game. But until you find out how they're really going to use him, and there's always the possibility of them easing him back in and him having a limited snap count, I wouldn't rely too heavily on Mostert to start. Um, but all that being said, yeah, I'm going to go with the Rams in this one. I really don't think the Niners have too much of a chance. Um, give me the Rams. I almost feel like this Rams team is starting to shake out a little bit like the Rams team of a few years ago when they made the Super Bowl. Like, they're really good. They're putting up wins, and no one's really talking about them. And right now, I mean, if you look at it, they're tied for second in the NFC. They're tied for the division lead with the Seahawks, who everyone's clamoring over, despite their bad defense. Like, these Rams deserve credit. And against the 49ers team that doesn't have their starting quarterback, and they're still a mess with injuries, even if people coming back, there's going to be some some rust. Yeah, you got to take the Rams. Well said. Well said. We're all taking the Rams for this one. We got one more 4 o'clock matchup. It's the Kansas City Chiefs at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'm taking Kansas City. I we It happens, you know, every season it feels like. But after the last three weeks, it kind of looks like Father Time is catching up to Tom Brady. He has just been awful when it comes to throwing the ball down the field. Their offensive line has been taking some injuries, and that's the way to rattle Tom Brady. I think Chris Jones could have a big game. I think Kansas City gets the job done this week. I have to agree with you there, Cody. I like Kansas City in this matchup as well. The spread is only three and a half points for Kansas City. I'm actually surprised it's not a little more. Uh, like you said, Tom Brady doesn't look good right now. That backfield, Ronald Jones has performed much better than Leonard Fournette, yet they still try to seem to do a 50-50 split, which doesn't make sense to me. Uh, at receiver, we have seen him try to force the ball to Antonio Brown. They don't seem to have that right connection yet, so we've seen some balls get picked. Um, none of these guys are really reliable in fantasy because there's so many mouths to feed. You never know who's going to get the ball, and I just don't like Tampa Bay right now. We talked about a few weeks ago that we were trying to apologize for saying the Bucks really weren't for real when they looked good, but 
you know, maybe it is just going to be a roller coaster season. And if it is, let's hope that they hit that peak uh, come playoff time. But I don't think they're at that peak right now. I don't think they can compete with Kansas City. I got to go with the Chiefs in this matchup. I made a um, comparison like was it last week or two weeks ago to the um, dream team when it comes to can- uh, to uh, Tampa Bay and how they're going to put up some good points against teams that really aren't that great. But when they face a good team, they're going to look exposed. Now, I don't think it's going to be as bad as a few weeks ago. I think they're going to put up a lot of points, but Kansas City is going to handle this game fairly easily. But just to put some emphasis on, I think that Tampa Bay can still put up some points in this matchup. I'm actually going to throw my bold prediction on this game. And I'm going to say Tom Brady looks a little bit better this week and Patrick Mahomes goes off. And those two quarterbacks are going to combine for eight touchdowns. Could be rushing or passing, but eight total touchdowns out of the quarterbacks. You know, it's it's bolder than last week. I like it. It's uh, definitely a bold prediction. I mean, are you thinking more of a five touchdowns for Mahomes, three for Brady? Or are you thinking more of an even 4-4 split? I'm thinking it's going to be more 5-3 Mahomes, and one of those Brady touchdowns might be a little quarterback sneak on the goal line, but you're still going to see eight total from the two. I think it's more likely that it's like 6-2-7-1. would be amazing. If we had seven touchdowns from Patrick Mahomes, oof. Oh, man. I mean, if they're all passing, tie that all-time record, that'd be very interesting. I'm just glad that you guys realized when I said seven one, you instantly knew that I was talking in favor of Mahomes. Oh, well, oh no, you were you're talking Brady. Yeah, I know Brady's just definitely going to throw for seven touchdowns. Well, you did just say Father Time is catching up to Brady, and he looks horrible. So I'd like to think we're not going to believe you mean seven one seven being Brady. Come on now, can anyone hold Mahomes to one touchdown? Let's be honest. Oh uh, yeah, himself. <laughs> You know, Clyde Edwards Lair could steal all the touchdowns. It's possible. You know, they could still they could still win like sixty to fifty and it'd be like a seven one Brady. Like that's that's how it'd have to be. I mean, I I'm not actually thinking that will happen in any real world situation. But Cody's bold prediction of the week is this game's going to break the all time points record, apparently. I like it. I'm in. <laughs> we need it. I I'd have I'd have as much success hitting that as I've had hitting all my other bold predictions this season. So, Or me hitting the boat, let's be honest. Yeah, and I don't want to take that title from you. So we'll just let you stick with your stick with that bold prediction. Uh, so let's move on to the Sunday night game where my Green Bay Packers Trash. get to host. We'll stop this podcast right now. Take it back. <laughs> I just wanted to see what you say. All right, go ahead. Go ahead. So my Green Bay Packers are hosting the Chicago Bears. Okay. (laughs) I didn't say that for your Tennessee Titans, but it's whatever. We're just going to ignore it. The Green Bay Packers are nine and a half point favorites at home. Sunday night football. We talked about at the top of the show. Nick Foles is still dealing with an injury. Mitch Trubisky will get the start. Mitch Trubisky doesn't scare me. Nick Foles didn't scare me. I think Green Bay wins this game and gets their 100th victory against the Chicago Bears. Oh, we're talking a milestone game, and I didn't even know this? Well, you didn't know it. We're experts, experts, remember? We know everything. Yeah, we know exactly, George. Stop letting the people know. (laughs) In all honesty, I'm a little disappointed that Nick Foles isn't starting this game because I would love to see my Green Bay Packers defense in fantasy get like 50 points 
Every time Nick Foles is starting, you can almost guarantee there's at least two picks, potentially one for six. So it's a little disappointing that Foles isn't starting. But Trubisky, you know, we don't know what we're going to get from him anyway. Uh, there's a very good chance that his confidence is shaken from being benched after starting 3-0, and and he comes out and doesn't perform as well. Uh, we've seen Carson Wentz, after everybody was calling for Nick Foles to be the starter, he hasn't looked the same since. He went from looking like a potential MVP to – Yikes, should we bench him? So there's a good chance that Trubisky comes out angry, plays really well. There's also a good chance that he tries too hard, tries to do too much, and makes a bunch of mistakes. It's going to be interesting to see what Trubisky we get this week. I mean, I just hope that the bar is not set too high for Mitch. Because, I mean, even though you've seen people like us calling for him because we just don't like how Foles is playing, we still have to recognize he was not exactly fantastic before it. I mean, he looked a little better to start this season than he has in the past, but he's not a top 10 gunslinging, put up ton of points quarterback. He's not a Patrick Mahomes going to throw for seven touchdowns this week. Um, I think the Bears defense holding Green Bay down a little bit would give me a little bit of hope that they have a chance because I think Mitch can put up a couple more points than Foles could, but Green Bay's got this game, I think, pretty easy. Yeah, I just want to point out, though, uh, on Thursday, MVS did tweak his Achilles, so he is questionable, uh, so that's something to watch. You know, he had a pretty good game last week until that fumble at the very end, so Allen's Allen's arch come back from injury, so wide receiver two slash three is a little bit up in the air for Green Bay, and then from Chicago's side, their uh, defensive tackle, Akeem Hicks, the anchor up front, is questionable, and if he doesn't play, guys, I think we could see a big Aaron Jones game. And uh, I think he needs it because he's had a couple quiet weeks for all you fantasy owners out there. Uh, look for Aaron Jones to have a big, you know, maybe a multi-touchdown week this week. Are you sure that MVS actually tweaked his Achilles or is he just afraid to step out on the field after getting death threats? No, he definitely tweaked it. There's there's video proof uh, on Twitter. Someone got a good angle of it. He was breaking out of his, breaking out of his route and, uh, came up limping uh so definitely a real injury um he did like you did mention he did receive death threats which is guys if you're out there and like a football team your favorite football team loses and your first thing is let me go send a death threat to that player how about you stop watching football and like get your own life checked out but besides that i think the team rallied behind nvs they were still in his corner so i do think even if he was healthy i still think he'd be a pretty big play part of the offense yeah, if you want to call for a player to be benched, to be cut from the team, you know, say whatever you want. But death threats, you got to leave that alone, guys. Like Cody said, just there, there's no place in this sport for that. No one deserves that. It, it's a game. As much as we love it, as passionate as we are, it is a game. Uh, nobody deserves death threats. Definitely agree. And I love how Green Bay rallied around MVS after that game. And that gives me a lot more hope for them and the rest of the season, knowing that a bump in the road is not going to break them apart. But I think that's enough about Green Bay Chicago. So why don't we move on to Monday Night Football and everyone's favorite. We got another NFC least team in prime time. And it's my Philadelphia Eagles hosting the Seattle Seahawks. And why? Please say trash for this one. I'm not even going to rebut that one. They are pretty trash. And I kind of want to ask you guys the question, why are they again worse now than not everyone's healthy than they were when everyone was hurt again? You know, are they really worse, though? 
they, they were hanging in games against top tier talent and now they kind of look helpless again. I think it's motivation would be my guess if I had to give a reason. Um, when everybody got hurt and you had guys like Travis Fulgham stepping in, uh, I mean, that's a guy whose career was just about over. He was a practice squad guy, going to be a career practice squad guy, lucky to have maybe two more years in the league. And he knew he was playing for his life. He was playing to have a job next year. He was playing to finally you know, be in the conversation of a startable player again. Um, so he went as hard as he possibly could, you know, cause he had to, but you have guys like, uh, you know, Alshon Jeffrey or some of your other starters come back. They know they have the job regardless, but nobody wants to play for a team that looks this bad. There's so much bad criticism f- flowing around this team. They don't have the motivation to play as hard. I think the Eagles really desperately need a leader. It should be Wentz, but I don't think the team has Wentz's back right now. So they need a leader. They need someone to pump them up and get them going. And I just don't see that person on the team. I like your your leader analogy. And it almost makes you wonder, a guy like Malcolm Jenkins, who left this offseason for the Saints, you know, he was always known around the league as like a great locker room guy, the heart of the, the Eagles team. And, you know, he was getting up there in age. So nobody really blinked an eye when he left. But I think that locker room presence has been showing this season. So I definitely agree with your point on the leadership, though. But f- to George's point on them actually looking worse, and I, I made the comment, like, are they wor- looking worse? Like, that game against Cleveland last week, yes, it was an awful game. The weather was awful, but they still only lost by five points. So they're still, like, right in the game for as bad as they played. So I just don't think they've they've gotten worse now that they're healthy. And you could also argue that they're they were healthy and now getting more injured with the news coming out that uh, Lane Johnson's ankle pretty much collapsed and he's done for the season. Well, there's going to be a lot of shuffling on the offensive line because not only are you right, Cody, Lane Johnson is supposedly out for the season, but they moved Jason Peters to right guard and they're going to put Jordan Mailata, the former um, rugby player over there at left tackle. So we're going to see if that gives Carson Wentz any more time. I think that would be their only chance of looking better, but I still don't even see that happening. I think we'll we'll know more too about this game because we talk about it every week and we even joked about it at the earlier in this show. The Seattle Seahawks defense is pretty bad. Now, Carlos Dunlap, you know, he had the big sack at the end of the game last week. But their defense can't really create a lot of pass rush. Their corners aren't very good. If the Eagles, say, have any hope, which they still do in the NFC least of winning the division, win or lose this game, this could be almost like a like a bounce back game. Like try to get Wentz comfortable, you know, get get some easy targets, get Travis Fulgham going, get Miles Sanders going, just, you know, start building some confidence for this team and this is the defense to do it with all that said i'm still taking seattle in this matchup so don't overthink what i'm saying but i i think philadelphia could come out and surprise some people uh similar to how i felt when i said the cowboys had a chance to to beat the vikings i think a team that's like on its last last string needing one final push one big moment 
I could see the Eagles doing it this week. I will admit one other thing before we move on. You do have Zach Ertz potentially coming back this week also, and that would be big if he comes back to being traditional Zach Ertz and not the guy you saw early this season that was struggling. So that would be big having that nice, easy check down target for Carson Wentz. But why don't we move off of this game and move on to potentially Tuesday? We said we would talk about Ravens at Steelers. We're still not 100% sure if this game is going to happen. But if it does, we got to talk about it. And we got to talk about all the COVID cases on the Ravens, the biggest being Lamar Jackson. Do you guys think the Ravens have any shot without Lamar, two of their running backs, and a whole bunch of others? Well, I'll answer your question uh, by having this statement. The Pittsburgh Steelers, after this week, will potentially be the worst 11-0 team I've ever seen. I think that they're going to win this game. I think they're going to win it easily. The Ravens look lost, and now they're losing some star players as well. I don't really think they have a chance in this game. And I really, you know, George, you say it every week that the Steelers are pretenders and they keep winning, and I think they're going to keep doing it. And I hate to see them 11-0 because I don't feel they deserve it. I really don't. I can't I can't completely disagree with you. You know, they haven't, you know, won – too many games against good opponents. I mean, you can't fault them for beating who that was on their schedule. So, but I do like your point about who have they really played. It kind of reminds me a couple years ago when the Panthers went 15 and one. Now that team ended up making the Super Bowl and losing, but that whole time, that whole season, I was like, I don't really know if I like the Panthers. Like, are they actually this great team that's 15 and one? Are they've just been super lucky? It's like, it's so hard to tell. And maybe that's some bias because I'm not a huge Steelers fan, but I agree. I like your concept about, you know, have, who have they really played? But to the same point, without Lamar Jackson, with all their other COVIDs, they could push this game back a week. And until they get healthy, Pittsburgh probably win this game uh, pretty easily. But again, it's just a lack of competition, I would say. I got to admit, though, with Lamar out, I think that I'm actually – Pretty excited to see RG3 potentially start. Oh, no, I'm definitely very excited to see that. I think he never really got a fair shake at his uh, resurgence tour because he had, what, a couple of starts in Cleveland and he got hurt in an Eagles game, actually. And, I mean, it's hard to fault him playing on a team that was that bad at that point and only getting a couple of games. So, I mean, we have to worry, see if he gets hurt again, obviously, but the guy still probably has a lot left in the tank because he's been sitting back and watching for the last, what, five, six years? Yeah, yeah. and to your point, though, you know, he's still very athletic. I mean, he's nowhere close to the athletic freak that Lamar Jackson is. But I don't think it's that bold to say that RG3 might be a better passer at this point in the season. We've seen Lamar take a step back this year on his passing. He seems to be just a hair off. So... Maybe just, you know, three extra catches to Mark Andrews or a ball a little bit closer to Hollywood Brown, and this game could be a lot closer despite the injuries. I'll give the Ravens one big thing, and that is a lot of teams, they always try to say you want to have a seamless transition between your starter and your backup. The Ravens did a very good job of finding quarterbacks that fit the same mold as Lamar Jackson. When you have RG3 as your backup and Trace McSorley as your third string. I know Trace McSorley is not playing in this because he has COVID as well, but they did a really good job of they're going to be able to throw an RG three who has now had a couple of seasons backing up in this offense. And they don't have to change the offense at all for him. 
I agree. I'm super excited to see RG3 play again. Uh, I honestly think he deserves a start. I mean, this is it just sucks that this is such a tough matchup for him to come into. Uh, I don't like the Steelers, but I do like their defense. Their defense looks great. And you have a struggling Ravens team that's going to be missing a bunch of players to COVID. And you're going against one of the top defenses in the NFL right now. Not the game you want RG3 to come back in, but you never know. He might surprise us. I mean, honestly, RG3 coming in might be the spark they need to start playing with a little bit of fire again. Yeah, and you know, anytime you play RG3, this is a little bit off topic, but he was so good to play with in Madden his rookie season. So, you know, if maybe he just gets, you know, like how I was behind the sticks, not very good. Just about an average Madden player. But uh, he could definitely ball out, so kind of a fan from the Madden day, so hopefully it translates to Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, whenever this game gets played, week 18. Who knows? But uh, that wraps up our picks for week 12. Uh, a lot of similarities, a few differences. As always, we'll post these on social media. Feel free to comment why we should have picked your favorite team, why we're wrong, why we're right, or just let us know your game picks. We'd love to hear them. And before we go, as always, we're going to do a little start stick. Start stick. What is start stick, guys? We're going to do start sit for week 12. We're going to start, guys, and we're going to stick others on our bench. That's right. I like it. Makes so us here on the couch games, we start start stick. I like it. But I'll get us started with our, my start of the week. I kind of hinted at it earlier, and that is Travis Fulgham. You know, he only had one catch last week, but he still had eight targets. He still seems to be the number one guy there in Philly. I don't like the Seattle Seahawks defense. I think Wentz will have to throw the ball a lot to keep up. I think Travis Fulgham goes back to having a big week like we saw in the middle of the season. All right, so my start of the week, it's time to finally start trusting a man who uh, was referred to as a guy you wouldn't want to catch babies falling out of a burning building, and that is Nelson Aguilar. It is finally time to start trusting him. He is performing well week after week. Uh, he's their deep ball threat, which is surprising with rugs there. He is one of the main targets. He's getting points every week. I don't like him long term, but this week against the Atlanta Falcons, who are a horrible, horrible defense, Nelson Aguilar is going to feast. Take Nelson. Aguilar's going to catch him, unlike Aguilar. But my start of the week is going to go back to a guy we talked about earlier in the show as well, and that'll be Wayne Gallman. Gallman's got a fantastic matchup this week, and he has taken over as the lead back in New York. And since he's come, become the lead back, he has scored you 10 or more fantasy points, even though he's been in four straight negative matchups against top 10 running back defend defenses. So Wayne Gallman finally getting into a little bit of an easier matchup with that solid role. Put him in your starting lineup. And moving right on to our sits or sticks of the week. I'm going to start off with Allen Robinson, mainly because of his matchup with Jair Alexander. Jair Alexander is the number one ranked quarter cornerback, according to PFF. He's held guys like Mike Evans to low scores. He goose egg Calvin Ridley. Uh, when top end wide receivers have faced Jair Alexander, he has lived up to the matchup. I think he does so again this week. So I'd sit Allen Robinson. Wow. Start Wayne Gallman, sit Allen Robinson. What is happening in 2020? All right. My sit for this week is Melvin Gordon. 
I wanted to believe in him so much this year. He's such a good running back. He was on a team that I could see him doing well with, but it is just not going to work. Philip Lindsay is performing better than Melvin Gordon, and the Broncos just look terrible. Every single week, the Broncos are falling behind early. They have to get away from the run a little bit, so don't trust Melvin Gordon. Keep him on your bench. Stick him. I'm going to say sit T. Higgins of the Cincinnati Bengals. I think with Joe Burrow out and the unfair quarterback situation for him, the only person you would think about starting at wide receiver from that team is now Tyler Boyd. I think that this week especially, but even going forward, T. Higgins is probably going to end up sitting on your bench. So we're going to stick him on the bench here for week 12. All righty, guys, that wraps up our start, sit or stick. Maybe that's the new way we'll call it moving forward uh, but we just want to thank you all for listening hope you enjoyed the two episodes this week please follow us like us on social media and leave a comment or review we'd love to hear it and guys if you're listening you know it might be fun to listen but it's even more fun to get involved uh, take time away from writing your death threats and uh, use it to type up some questions uh, some insights letting us know who you like who you don't like and just get involved with us it's more fun if you get involved it's more fun for us more fun for you so just get involved and always tell your friends about us as well we'd love to have more people getting involved so thank you for listening again to the couch gms podcast for tyler snyder and cody roadcap i'm george kurth and we will see you all next week